have you ever been in a hopeless situation? I remember I was, I think, senior year in high school. I had a zero-period class, so that's the that's the super early class, 7 a.m.-ish, I don't know, somewhere around there. And it was astronomy. And I took it because I was like, oh, you know, learn about some stars. How cool is that? Turns out it was a very difficult, uh, intensive class all about physics and math and all the things you don't want to do before a cup of coffee that early in the morning. <laughs> and I remember... We were rolling up onto our, our finals, our winter finals, right? This was a huge portion, portion of our grade, and I remember going to class. Um, I didn't study as much as I should have. Um, I was in that moment, seriously, in a hopeless situation. And the, the teacher passes out these tests where, you know, back in the day we had paper and pencils, and that's how you take the tests. And when there's a staple involved with 11, 12, 13 pages of physics, physics problems, I, I was scared. Uh, I was stressing. I was nervous. I was sweating. And I'm sitting there, and the teacher says, uh, before you begin, make sure you read all the instructions. You don't want to miss anything uh, important and then end up failing. And I thought, okay, I got it. I'm just going to focus in, and I'm just going to just get this done. And so I started on prom one and I was like, I, I don't even know what half these words are. And I'm just going to try my best. I'll add some extra fluff in there. Maybe it'll give me some bonus points and I'm taking my time. And then it seemed like time was just passing very fast where I knew that time was going to run out on me and I was going to get as far as I could. But then people started finishing. And have you ever know, felt, had that feeling in, in school or taking a test where you're still like on page one and people are turning in the test and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm going to fail so bad. This is so weird. You know, and I'm like, I'm just, at this point, I'm trying to speed through and I'm just making up stuff on questions. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what this word is. Uh, quadratic formula. That's all. That's the answer to everything when you're in high school, right? And I'm filling it out and people are going and going and leaving and the, the teacher again says, um, did you read all the instructions? You know, he says it to the people left. And I was like, well, let me start over. Maybe I missed them. So I go back to question one and I'm reading it and I'm like, I, I don't know, maybe. And, you know, I go through. And after a while, I realize I'm the only one left in the class. And the teacher's sitting there with his newspaper and he starts smiling and smirking. And and he's like, oh, how you doing on the test? And I'm like, I'm trying my best. And I like don't want to cry at this point. And it's rough. And I know that I have to go to my next period pretty soon. And I'm just, I'm fully in a hopeless situation. And eventually he says, you know what? Um, I have stuff to do. So can you just flip to the last question on the test and read that real quick? And you read the last question that said, sign your name under this question and you'll get 100% everything correct. And I was like, oh, are you serious? <laughs> signed it and he said you're officially the person who's taken the longest on that test I've been doing this for 20 years and I was like oh no I'm the worst <laughs> it was so embarrassing but it, it's it's these moments where we can feel like we're in this utter hopeless situation and the person who's in charge really has it all under control right they know everything they they see you and they're like you know what he's gonna be fine I know what's happening. I have everything in control. I'm in charge here. And, but we're in, we're in that perspective of we don't know if, if everything's going to be okay. We don't know if we're going to have that, that moment. And so today we're going to be jumping into John chapter 11, looking at Lazarus and, 
and he was in this hopeless situation. Uh, again, that's John chapter 11. Go ahead and start flipping to that. But there's a story, this context of this man who gets sick and ends up dying. Right? The sisters are distraught. The disciples think he's just asleep. Like The, the whole story is kind of bizarre, and Jesus is headed there to wake him up. In reality, he's going to raise him from the dead. And I love this story because you find out different people have different perspectives of what hope is in a hopeless situation. And a lot of times we can take on different forms of hope and place our hope in the wrong things and we can get let down when tough times happen. When it feels like it's hopeless, we can just feel like it is hopeless. If, we, if our hope is misaligned, that's what ends up happening. So let's, let's jump into this, this scripture. John chapter 11, uh, verse 11, says, He said these things, this is Jesus, and then announced, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going to wake him up. The disciples said, Master, if he's gone to sleep, he'll get a good rest and wake up feeling fine. Jesus was talking about death. Well, his disciples thought he was, take, he was talking about taking a nap. Man, I have, I have been in this shoe, I think, way too many times in my life, where you, you expect Jesus is saying one thing, and you can misinterpret it, and then all of a sudden you're just, you, you, you don't understand, you know? You don't catch it. You don't get it. And someone is like, no, let me help you understand this right now. Right? Have you ever been in the disciples' shoes where your perspective is off and you miss what God is speaking or you miss what someone is saying because you start thinking of jumping to a conclusion before you hear the whole thing out? Like we need to listen to God fully when he speaks. So, picking it back up in verse 14, then Jesus became explicit. Lazarus died. Right? Just Simple, to the point, he's dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. You're about to be given new grounds for believing. Now let's go to him. I love this verse. It's so good. Right? This hopeless situation has happened. Everyone's distraught. The disciples are confused. And Jesus says, I'm glad I wasn't there. He wouldn't have died if I was there, but now you can see who I really am. You can see my full extent of my power. Amen. I'm not just going to heal someone's eye. I can raise them from the dead because I have full authority over everything. And these disciples are going to have a big wake-up call. See, the issue that the disciples had was their hope was based on perspective, not Jesus. Right? Their, their hope was all about perspective. Oh, great, Lazarus is going to be great. We're going to wake him back up. Because their perspective is, he's not really dead, right? And, and when your hope is based on a perspective or what you think is happening, you can be let down and fall into a hopeless situation. So when we take our hope off of Jesus and put it on a perspective we have, that can be a dangerous place. Oh, it's going to be good because, oh, so-and-so said this, and I think we're going to be fine, right? Wait, you're, you're going to put your hope on what a person said? <laughs> Don't do that. 
Trust me, you're in for a rude awakening when you put your hope on what someone else said because it's taking off what Jesus is saying. So, jumping down, this, the disciples, I feel like everyone has placed their hope on perspective at some point in their lives, and we got to place it on Jesus. So let's look at a couple other characters in the story. Verse 17, jumping down a few verses, when Jesus finally got there, he found Lazarus already dead for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, only a couple of miles away, and many of the Jews were visiting Martha and Mary. This is uh, Lazarus's uh, sisters. Sympathizing with them over their brother, Martha heard Jesus was coming and went out to meet him. Mary remained in the house. <laughs> I, love, I love the personalities, right? Martha's like, I'm going to have some words. And Mary's like, mm, he needs to come to me. Like, I'm not going to go out there. I am not going to go see him. I'm not going to go talk to him. If he knows where I'm at. He can come find me and talk to me and tell me why he messed up. Right? That That's her attitude. This I love this. Mary, Mary had her hope based on results, not Jesus. See, her hope was based on what things were happening and didn't happen rather than Jesus. And she was so upset, she didn't even want to go outside her house to go greet him. Right? This is... <laughs> I've been here before. Because we can we can base our, our ups and our downs and our hope and our joy and, and everything off of results. Oh, this is good, this is bad, and, and, our, and our hope is like this. It's, it's kind of like the social media kind of hope, Right? If you get enough likes or comments, you're doing great, and if nothing happens, it's down. It's crazy. We can't place our hope in in uh, results. That's not that's not where our hope belongs. It belongs on Jesus. It doesn't matter if the situation turns to death. Our hope is on Jesus. Jesus has all complete power over everything. Right. It's not the immediate results that matter. It's the long-term authority of Jesus that matters. Now let's look at Martha's hope. Her hope was based on her timing and not Jesus. Mm. See, Mar Martha's hope was kind of interesting because her hope was fully based on when things were supposed to happen. I sent word for you, you were supposed to come, and at that point, you were supposed to heal him, and then at that point, we're supposed to have a great dinner, I already ordered barbecue, but now he's dead. Right? Because all of her hope was based on Jesus fulfilling her timeline. That is a scary position to be in also. When we have a specific timeline of this should be due this day, and this needs to happen, and this, and this, and this, and this, and if one thing gets plucked out of that timeline... We can become like that ant from the, what is it, Ants or what's that movie? The Pixar movie, Bugs Life, right? When, when a, a stick falls in the way, something interrupts our plans or our timeline, and everyone's like, I'm lost! Right? Her, her hope was on her own timing. Her hope was on the fact that if he got here by this time, we'd all be good. But it doesn't matter when Jesus shows up. 
It just matters that he shows up. It doesn't matter if things are getting worse and worse and worse. No, Jesus can solve everything. Our hope is in Jesus, not in a timeline. Right? So then we're going to jump down to verse 41 and get into the meat of the scripture, meat of the story. Because what, what really matters is, how do we have hope in a hopeless situation? Right? It's, it's found within the four things that, that Jesus did for Lazarus. He did four things, and ultimately, it's really the four things that Jesus does for all of us. It sums it up illustratively, and it illustrates our, our life as a believer. And it's found just hidden in this beautiful story. Verse 41, Then to the others, go ahead, take away the stone. They're now at the, the tomb of Lazarus. If you don't know what a tomb is in this day and age, it's not like a burial, a plot where they lower a casket. It's actually a carving in a mountain where Lazarus was put inside, covered in, in linen and, and a handkerchief placed on his head, and then a stone was put in place. And Jesus says, um, oh, okay, uh, remove the stone, please. You need to take it out of there. Go ahead, take away the stone. They remove the stone. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and prayed, Father, I'm grateful that you have listened to me. I know you always do listen, but on account of this crowd standing here, I've spoken so that they might believe that you sent me. In other words, I'm praying out loud so these people know they are fools. <laughs> and I am Jesus, and I am the Son of God, and he is already alive. I love Jesus when he talks out loud. He doesn't need to, but he does it because people aren't catching on. And so, he does four things. Continue in verse 43. Then he shouted, Lazarus, come out. And he came out, a cadaver, wrapped from head to toe, and with a kerchief over his face. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him loose. This is, I love this story. I think I'd be just shocked. I think everyone there was just completely shocked. You know, this man was dead. He was dead for four days. They already did the burial rites. They wrapped him up, his, his lifeless body. There was no mistaking that he was dead, placed in this tomb for four days. And Jesus completely, miraculously brought him back to life. See, Lazarus in the story, really represents every person. He, he, he symbolically, illustratively, is all of us. We're, we're dead by sin. And Jesus shows up and says, I, I have called you to live. You are my child. I have adopted you in your, in, in, into the faith. And if you choose to live, you will have a new life. Number one, the, the first thing out of four that Jesus did with Lazarus is he gave him a new life. Gave a new life. It's, it's the only thing that, that Jesus can do for us that we can't do for ourselves. Lazarus cannot wake himself, himself up from death and walk out of that tomb. Jesus had to do it fully. 
No one else could. Lazarus is all of us where Jesus can give us a new life. Our main, our main point, our main um, meat of the message, if you will, is the next three things that Jesus does. It's, it's what happens after we have a new life. It's what happens when we find ourselves in a situation that it feels hopeless. See, this is these next three steps, these things are what gives us hope in a hopeless situation. So number two, removed his obstacle. The second thing Jesus did was call for the people to roll away the, the stone in front of the tomb. And I think this is so easy to miss. Like there is such a gem hidden in this scripture right here, right now. Jesus spoke the word, removed the obstacle, but it was humanity that followed through in the actions. It was the word of God that commanded it, but humanity did it physically. And it's this partnership that Jesus has with all of us. He, his word brings life, but he allows and trusts humanity to partner with him to, to facilitate that. Right? We, as believers are commanded by Jesus to take action in the lives of others. Mm -hmm. the, the, this one single verse, this one single scripture, symbolically represents actually the church. There are people stuck in death where Jesus has mm -hmm. spoken life over, and we become the arms and commanded by God to reach over and remove the obstacles for them a lot for their lives so that they can come into the community of Christ. I, it just it blows my mind. We don't have enough time to unpack this fully, but I really want to challenge you. Dig into your scripture, dig into your word, read this story, allow the Holy Spirit to speak this word of life over you and mm -hmm. help you understand that this symbolically represents the church. Jesus has spoken new life over all who believe but it's up to humanity to help remove the obstacles for them to come and join the rest of the body. Now, even as I, I speak this, I know that there are people listening and watching that have, there are people popping in your mind right now who you know are stuck. Mm -hmm. They're sitting there fully stuck and Jesus has spoken life over them and you're watching Jesus watching the stone, watching Jesus, watching the stone. And you're like, I can't wait for them to come out and join us. And Jesus sitting there like, did I not call you to go over and get them? And in reality, it's our job to be the hands of Jesus in these situations. Right now, I fully believe the Holy Spirit is putting faces in your mind of people that are stuck, that you need to start unblocking barriers so that they can come be in the family with us. Just give that stone a push. <laughs> Just push the stone. <laughs> Lazarus could not leave the tomb until humanity intervened. Mm. Your family members cannot leave their obstacles, 
their stuckness, <laughs> their meta, or their uh, illustrative tombs, if you will, until you intervene because Jesus said so. Number three. I love this. So Jesus gave him new life. Jesus commanded the people to remove the obstacle so that he can come out. But then number three, the third thing that Jesus did was called him to next steps. Right? Humanity intervened. They rolled it away. He has new life. He's fully alive. But then the third thing was Jesus said, come out. He didn't send anyone in to carry him. He did not even go in himself to carry that person. He said, we're waiting. Right? You have to take the next steps to leave your tomb of death and come on out. And I fully believe this is where so many believers are stuck. Every obstacle has been removed. Every person has stepped up and given you a call, an email, a hug. You have endless people lining up to help you. Jesus has given you life. But you're sitting there wondering, well, what do I what am I supposed to do? Maybe I just don't know my next step. Should I step out? And meanwhile, the, the tomb has the rock has been rolled away. Jesus is calling you to take your next step. And it's like, well, what should I do? You take your next step. You put one step in front of the other and keep on moving. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced the most the majority of believers are stuck in their faith journey. Because they don't take the next step. And I'm I'm a firm believer that our church, one of the biggest things that we do is we incorporate next steps into every message. It's not just this lofty, like, oh, kumbaya kind of thing. We always give things to do. Action items. Let's let's actually do practical things that will stretch our faith, that will grow our faith. And, And I love that about our church. Because ultimately, Jesus has action steps. You know, faith without works is what? Dead. dead. It's dead. We need to step out. We need to take some actions. If, if you're sitting there thinking, man, I'm hyped, I'm excited, I want to take my next actions, but I don't know what to do. You know what? Here's a great one. If you need something just to take one step forward, I dare you and challenge you. Thursday night, we got a Bible study. All, you're, all we're going to do, if you want to call in and, and Zoom call in, you can call from your phone, a computer, a tablet, anything. If you want to learn how to read your Bible so it will impact your life to learn how to take your next step, that is a great first step. If, if you want to leave in the comments down below mm-hmm. saying, I need to connect because I need to take my next step, leave a comment. We'll get you to the right spot. If you want to email, info, at lighthouse805.com, email will get you to the right spot. Mm-hmm. You need to take your next step. You have to. Don't be sitting there inside the tomb of death. Get out. That's the third thing. Fourth thing that Jesus did was vulnerably connected. I know out there somewhere, there's a gentleman watching, I think his name is David Siebler. And he's like, that is the worst grammar I've ever heard. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> Vulnerably connected. 
Number four, they said you need to, Jesus says, now remove his linen, remove his, the wrappings around him. Basically, he was like a mummy. They had to unwrap it, they had to take it off, they had to remove the, the veil that was over his head, they had to take it off. And this literally symbolically represents the barriers that people put up of being connected with other people. Have you, ever, have you ever been inside of a church, and or anywhere really, and you have so many barriers and guards up that what you are on the inside is not who you're portraying on the outside? So the last thing that Jesus said is you need to take off all these materials that are preventing people from seeing who you really are so that you can be connected. In other words, doing life together. There is something about genuine life with a person. Right? It's not fake it till you make it. You need to be real and genuine and vulnerable. Because that is the only way to keep connected in your faith. Mm-hmm. To be strong. And, and when we're weak, we can reach out. We have help. And we have prayer. And I really believe these wrappings for what the Holy Spirit was speaking through to us to, to speak to our church about is we need to have these wrappings that we have placed all over us, hiding who we truly are to our loved ones and saying, no, this is this is me. I'm hurting. I'm doing good. I'm not doing it. Whatever it might be, to be your genuine self and do life together. So ultimately, we, we need to be connected. I, I'm Again, maybe this is the next step for you. I, I challenge you, to not sit around thinking, I want someone to call me this week. I need someone to reach out to me. No, how about you reach out to someone? A phone call, a text message, maybe make some cookies and drop them off on someone's porch. I, I don't know. I, I challenge you to take your wrappings off and reach out. You need to be connected. Whether it's connection groups whether it's it's calling, emails, whatever it might be, but you need to be in relationship and you need to do life together with someone because that's what changes lives. Amen? Amen. See, it's, it's when we have these three things happening in our lives. See, the first one is a given. That's, that's the full authority power of Jesus, the free gift of everyone to give a new life. But the next three steps, the next three things that we do are really what sets us up for success of having hope in a hopeless situation. That's what we need. Amen? Mm -hmm. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that even as we were talking about the different perspectives earlier in the message, that if, if we have our hope misaligned, that we would correct it today. That our hope needs to be on Jesus. It doesn't need to be on a situation or a timeline or really anything else. Just you. But Lord, I, I pray that wherever we're at in our faith journey, our faith walk, we would take next steps. Lord, we want to see you move in our lives and our loved ones' lives. We want to see you move in this nation and this world. Everything that you called and, and did with Lazarus, it ended up 
connecting other people to him. And I pray we'd have that mindset that our faith journey isn't just about us being alone and isolated, but it's about doing life together and being connected into the body. In your mighty name, amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. He is so good every single time. I love it. Um, let us transition into a time of giving. If you would like to give, go ahead and head to the website, lighthouse805.com. Or you can, if you're watching live, you can click the link above um, and go to our giving page. And we are still raising funds for our children's ministry. So you can designate funds to that. Um, and we're just so excited to keep on uh, planning and dreaming for our kids. Um, next, we have two. I'm so excited for this one. Tomorrow night, we're having another art night. This is open to all ages. Um, everyone is welcome to jump in. Please send us an email at info at lighthouse805.com and we can send you out the Zoom details to be able to just click a link and jump on in. You will need paper and oil or chalk pastels. And if you don't have either of those kind of pastels, crayons will do. <laughs> they will do just nicely. Um, and just be ready. Be ready to have uh, your creativity uh, tapped into and we'll do something fun together tomorrow night at 7 p.m. But make sure you get that email in so we can give you all the details to the, the link to jump in. Uh, next we have uh, Pentecost is coming up. And um, it's a time where we just remember and celebrate uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had promised that a helper would come and Pentecost was that day where the disciples and everyone with them were able to, to see it, experience it. My goodness, just, I cannot, whew, I wish I could be a fly on that wall. I mean, oh yeah, and be filled with the Holy Spirit at the same time. <laughs> um, and so we are doing a couple of activities together um, as we as we do life together this way um, every day leading up to Pentecost. And so, if you want the breakdown of that, uh, you can go ahead and check our newsletter, uh, check Instagram, at, follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Lighthouse Eight Hundred Five, um, and we have daily activities to do. They're not crazy big or, or anything out of the ordinary. There's just these little things that we can do together to just get so excited for Pentecost, um, the remembrance of Pentecost. Yeah. Um, if you are not part of the newsletter, please uh, send us an email and we can add you on there. And so you can be getting our weekly emails to stay up to date with what's going on. Um, and make sure to check out the social media. It's really fun um, to stay connected that way with you as well. Uh, finally, uh, with now, speaking of our newsletter, um, we are taking time to really be in prayer and listen from listen to the Lord and his guidance on reopening the church, uh, the church walls. So we are the church, right? We're open all the time. <laughs> um, but we're, we're really taking it seriously. Um, I, I don't mean to make light of anything. Uh, and at this time, we're not reopening yet that being the key word, but uh, we are taking the time to listen to what the Lord wants and then the plan and the steps that we need to take to get to that point um, because we care about your safety, um, our safety, and just being able to um, do it well. And so in the meantime, we are still gathering. We are still connecting. We are still calling. Please message us, text us, you know, talk to us, and, and we love to, to chat with you and be in touch with you and, and do life together. So just keep an eye out for that in our newsletter, and we'll be able to unpack um, what the plan will be in the future. And it'll be good because God will be in control of it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so.
Thank you guys for joining us. Thank I hope you. you had a wonderful Sunday. You really preached. Oh, thank you, Have a great, have a great, great Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and we love you guys so much. God bless. Bye.